This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All right, today we are in the extension studio at App 530 on Main Street. We are at 530 on Main Podcast. Have my co-host Mike Davis in the studio today. How's it going, Mike? It's going good. We have the pleasure of having Sean Georges in today at the extension studio for the App 530 on Main Podcast. Uh, really looking forward to this discussion. It's, you know, we have a lot of designers come in we've had guitar designers we've had interaction designers come in we've had other architects come in we've had individuals who are leading uh, roles in construction and we're, we're talking about the word experience but let me go through briefly I don't know if I can do this briefly this is good stuff right here everybody take note if I I mess this up I apologize but um, Mr. Sean Georges, uh, he currently serves as an in-house counsel, senior vice president of human resources and uh, secretary of the board of directors for a publicly traded national retailer with over 390 stores in 35 states. If that's not enough right there, I mean, we could just get started with that, but I, I would not be doing uh Sean a service here. He's He has a great track record. So let's go through and listen to some of that. In 1983, Sean graduated with distinction, English honors, from the United States Naval Academy at Annapolis, Maryland, where he served as the vice chair of the Brigade Honor Committee. Sean accepted a commission as the Marine Corps officer, and while on active duty with the Marines, he was one of 10 officers selected to attend law school under the Funded Law Education Program. In 1989, he earned his Juris Doctorate degree from the University of Illinois College of Law, and in 1993, he earned a Master of Laws degree with the Judge Advocate General School of the Army at the University of Virginia. During his 13 years of active duty with the Marines, Sean served in numerous positions of responsibility with units from North Carolina all the way to Okinawa. Uh, as Marine Judge Advocate, he served as Senior Trial Counsel and Senior Defense Counsel, Special Assistant, United States Attorney, Deputy Staff Judge Advocate, and as Senior Judge Advocate of the 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit Special Operations Capable in the West Pacific. After leaving the Marines, Sean worked as a senior litigation associate at law firms in Evansville, Indiana, with the focus on business, employment, and labor law. He is admitted to practice in court in Indiana, Illinois, and the United States Supreme Court. Sean is a frequent speaker on leadership employment law and human resources issues and serves on several nonprofit boards in our local community. Sean and I have actually been on a few of those boards together. Mike, I think all collectively mm -hmm. have served on one I, I can think of. 
And he is now completing a book on servant leadership and the leadership development journey with his co-author, Dr. John Buford, Ph.D. Sean, that is an amazing <laughs> journey. That is an amazing experience to uh, get to right here. And we're, we're thankful to have you in the, the studio. Honored to be here. Thanks for the invite. Well, I, I know that... Um, as I said, we've served on other nonprofit boards together and have really enjoyed uh, seeing you come in and really ignite the core mission of individuals around the word servant leadership. So thank, thank you for, for sure. your contribution to that. So at 530 on Main podcast, you know, Mike and I started this. I don't know, a couple sessions ago, and it's all built around. Mike is an architect. I'm, a, I guess, a digital architect and um, brand architect. And we decided that word, there was a, a, a discussion that always came up. What was your consumer experience? What is the physical experience? How does that journey all come to be? And we found that we use similar processes today, similar terminology and all that. As we like to get started with App 530 on Main, what does the word experience mean to you? Honored to be here and thank you. And a uh, little bit intimidated by uh, being surrounded by uh, people of your caliber. I appreciate the opportunity. But I think experience uh, to me is is the process of engaging with our environment. That may encompass a relationship. It may encompass our interacting with a cell phone or with our automobile. But uh, it is it is that that engagement. And thank you for making me think about something that we don't think about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the word experience just it in today's society it it is so important. Um it, it's really the core of any product, any service. You know, I I hold up this mouse here that is an Apple device and uh it has several predetermined to me qualities, traits, and attributes, but it has nothing to do with the mouse. It was an experience that I was you know, brought into early on in my digital journey uh, of a brand that meant something that had core values, that uh, was on the front uh, end of, of innovation. And, and that is, in essence today, I think, no matter if it is designing a building or a space within a particular building or an addition, or how do we add on to our consumer experience through digital, how that plays, plays together. So, you know, how is, we talked a little bit before we got started about, you know, how we got right, how we became to be sitting or how we came to be sitting in these seats right, right today. So how is your experience through life, really through the academy, through the Marine Corps, through all that led you to today be here to talk about servant leadership and what it means to develop a leadership experience. Simple question. Do you want uh, the, the short answer or the... <laughs> I think our, we, our, we want the, the, okay. the experience. So give us the answer. Yeah, Sure. I think that we are all shaped by 
our experiences probably in ways that we don't always appreciate. And one of the things that I think happens as we mature and grow as, as human beings is we, we become much more aware of what experience has done to us and how it, it shapes our engagement with the world. And I, you know, the, the idea of going to the Naval Academy and then uh, serving in, in the Marines and, and continuing to serve on the outside uh, as a civilian, as an attorney and as a member of this community, uh, it all the way across all of those experiences was this idea of preparing myself for service. Uh, there was a, a sense that I wanted to find ways to test my who I was and what my capabilities were to develop and to grow so that I could continue to serve. Uh, it, it turns out that the, uh, the Naval Academy was, uh, I like to use a phrase, I didn't make it up, but uh, really a, an intensive leadership laboratory. It, you, you put 4,000 young men and women together in a, on a campus uh, that, is, that has a mission of preparing leaders for service in the military, and uh, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a very intensive experience and, and quite a, a laboratory and really one of self-discovery. Um, but the whole focus all the way along was this sense that uh, and, and you, I had to determine if it was real, you know, what leadership meant and, and is it related to this idea of service to another human being or to a mission or to an organization. And uh, I think I confirmed uh, throughout the course of my experience at Annapolis and then my experience in the Marine Corps and now in the civilian world that in, that in fact is true. Um, one of the things I, I confirmed along the way through experience, and by the way, I think the most effective, meaningful kind of education is not uh, just an academic of an academic sort that can contribute, yeah. but it's experiential education. That's, where, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. where you're actually trying to apply the thing that you may have learned from the book and, and through feedback and success and failure, you're, you're learning about what really works. But that whole journey was, you know, I think we're all on a kind of a journey of self-discovery and, and a journey of testing and a journey of growth. And uh, it has all led uh, to trying to stay on this same path of, of serving as a leader and understanding what it meant to what it means to lead yeah and with that you know when you start talking about that the first thing i think is a lot of the stuff that's going on in our country the past year and everything like that and i feel like i can read whatever but i can never understand the world through your eyes through sean's eyes our experience our life shaped everybody else's does and i feel like somewhere along the line we lost i have a different experience in life than you and i see it differently than you that's okay i can still have respect for you i can still you know and how that experience and when you talk about leadership to me a good leader understands everybody in this room is different and we really got to start and have that conversation have that experience with each other before we can really engage on 
you're wrong, I'm wrong kind of level of stuff that seem people want to do. Yeah, one of the one of the basic uh, leadership principles we learned at the uh, uh, through officer training in the Marine Corps was uh, you know to know your people, know them, and that's more than just oh yeah, that's Joe, that's right. that's you know whomever. Uh, it is to truly come to know where have they come from, what shaped them, what are their ambitions, what are their fears, what are they here to accomplish, why are they attached to the mission. Mm-hmm. Only then uh, can you, I think, effectively lead. And by lead, and, and we can get a little bit more into this, but you know, experientially, what I learned over the course of those those many years, both in and outside of the military, is that leadership is all about our the way we engage, how we relate to the depth of our relationship with another human being, where we've got something in common, where we are trying to accomplish a shared mission or a, a shared purpose, that's when leadership is possible. And it's not a top-down thing. It has nothing to do with title. In fact, the world's full of people with titles that are not <laughs> leading. Lead is a verb. And its fundamental basis is about serving. And what I learned over the course of my years trying to pay attention, and this I think is another thing about experiences, is about how we, our level of attention we're paying to what's happening around us, trying to be be awake and to be open to what's happening. Eyes open, heart open, head open, mind open. Mm -hmm. That's how you really learn when you're really in the middle of the experience. And, but it's that servant's heart that is at the heart uh, poorly put, but is at the heart of uh, what it means to lead another human, to influence them, to move them in a way where they also are committed to what you're mm-hmm. trying to accomplish. And I think, you know, when you talk about design, and you guys have really, really gotten my wheels turning on this whole design concept, I love the idea of simplicity. Mm-hmm simple concepts which allow you to apply them in a multitude. You know, we don't need decision trees on well, what if this happens? What if that right. let's go back to core core values. What is the mission? Who is this human being in front of me? How can we we move in the direction of mission accomplishment? And that's where, you know, with the servant leader model, my teammate and I, John Buford, we came up with this core leadership question, which is simple, design simple. Mm -hmm. What's my best and highest role right now in this situation to serve my teammate in alignment with mission? It's my best and highest role. That's something that I could actually keep in mind regardless of the scenario and that guides so, again, from a design perspective, when it comes to leadership, simplicity is, I think, key. And that's funny because that's a great crossover into our world because in my world, the hardest thing to teach people is simple. The, yes. A simple design, you know, the Vietnam Memorial always comes to mind. Right. A simple design will be more impactful and is very powerful. And the great, greatest designs in the world are simple. Yes. They're not gaudy. They don't have all this stuff. Right. 
So I always try to tell people, go back, go back to the hand, you know, we, I call them hand skit. If you can show your concept in a quick little sketch, nice. then you get it. Yeah. But if you can't do that, then right. and it's probably the same thing in a leadership role. Like if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you're probably overcomplicating it, right? I've heard that before. Very good. No, that's, that's well put. And you think about, and you've read and heard the stories about Apple and their whole yeah. design, and it's all about uh, intuitive and simplicity and just getting to where you don't need a training manual to understand how to operate this device. They're already complex enough. Yeah. But I think it, it can be the case with human beings and our inner relationship with with another human being in which we're, uh, we're on the same team, we're trying to accomplish it. And remember, one of the things I always try to stress with people is leadership is not something that we just do at work. We put on our cape and we walk through the door and, all right, I'm in charge or whatever the model is. That is not the model. Leadership is about service. It's about humility. And it's about everything we do. It's about how we show up in our life. Relationships. Uh, Although we don't always, you know, measure up uh, personal relationships, workplace, community, all of these things. So you don't have this thing, hey, I'm on, I'm off, mm -hmm. I'm on, I'm off. Uh, and uh, I think when people get that and when they realize that uh, it is about service and that it is lead as a verb, it's about what am I doing, what am I bringing to this situation, regardless of the challenge or the severity of the challenge. So I think when it comes to leadership development and actually leading, simplicity as a design element is just key. Simple, practical, clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And through, you know, the certification through Giant that I've been through, you know, we talk about there are five voices which do represent 100% of, you know, the population, um, sixty over sixty percent of those is made up by two. So, I think one of the things you know that can be difficult as leaders is to number one know yourself and truly understand like what me at my nature and my seventy percent healthy versus my thirty percent challenge. You talk about support and challenge. What I'm really good at seventy percent of the time. What lifts me up there, there are four other categories that help support that. And typically, what can happen, I think, through leadership roles is you learn about a lot about yourself. And then what can happen is you expect teams to fill those gaps without communicating said gaps. So instead of looking at it and going, you know, I'm a creative pioneer. I'm an INTP in Myers-Briggs. I'm 3% of the population. Actually, I have another one. I don't know how this happened sitting right across the table from <laughs> me here. Um, Mike, both INTPs. So if we want to influence others, we have to first know what it's like to be on the other side of us. We have to know that, number one, when we speak, what we say the first time is typically not what we really meant to say. <laughs> it takes us three or four times to truly have individuals like guardians and nurturers to pull that information out of us to get to the specifics. But at times, if let's say you might be a pioneer, you could be out and say, hey, 
this is who I am, why we go through that self-discovery, number one is you have to know yourself to lead yourself. And then we talk about five circles of influence. You have to know yourself in order to influence your family, in order for them to gain alignment and understand what our, our family core values are and how we lead through them and how we pick one another up. And then that translates through the organization or the actual groups that we work for. And then it goes to organizations and then it goes to our community. So all those things that we really want to do out in the community all come back to knowing that I have what it looks like to be me on the other side of the mirror and how I communicate and really finding those other individuals around me that lift me up and support for so that I can be in my 70 which is completely different than Sean George's 70 and collectively we make I mean if we could look at leadership and say all voices were represented in teams if organizations today I mean their teams operate at less than 60 percent of efficiency because they're typically led by about 17 percent of the population Giant or giant uh, has the terminology of they have uh, pioneers, connectors, and sometimes they're creatives leading organizations, which is, I mean, giant. When you look at the discussion of pioneer and connector, you're only talking about 17% of the, the population. And when, when they speak, they're heard. Mm. And a majority of the ones they lead are of a quiet, present mindset of. Whatever they said, we need to follow. And then all of a sudden, as they continue to lead without knowing the capacity and knowing what those others really want to contribute, then you get to 80% of all teams feel like they're undervalued. So I think one of the, the struggles in, in that whole leadership role is actually just self, knowing what your strengths are, what you bring to the table, and then being able to empower those around you to to lift them up and say this is our mission this is on point this is where we're going to go and it's a hard thing for people to look in the mirror and go man you know all these character traits that's really me and this is what i have to work it that leadership piece doesn't get easier it gets harder as you start to learn what those <laughs> i was gonna say i actually i think it gets easier the piece i always struggle with when you're trying to lead someone is you can you can see they're not being honest with themselves, whether it's their capabilities or what they really want, and they're trying to be somebody they're not, and you're trying to get them to understand, like, hey, if you would just be true to yourself, you, it would be so much easier. Like, you would really enjoy this a lot more. Right. No, I, th I think you're right. That that's a uh, that's one of the big big challenges of of leadership that uh, that I think we we all face. Uh, it again. Through the depth, the 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 authenticity of the relationship, through the building of trust, uh, where people are open to feedback and and they're open to new experiences, and uh, it it can be done. You know, I think I think we're finally moving away from this single leader top down nonsense that really was never leadership that's more of a management model how do i you know efficiency and all of those things are our management ideas this is about and I, I observed this uh, in the Marine Corps, observed it on the civilian side the optimal model of performance is one where you've got in fact, virtually every member of the team 
capable of leading in the moment. You've got this, what I sometimes call a dance, where you've got this, you know, leadership is a shared responsibility, always mission focused, always from a servant's perspective, but sometimes I'm following another's lead uh, on a particular issue or in a particular situation. In the next moment, you could have initiative or leadership taken by another member of the team. If I have rank, uh, let's say I've got a title or rank that is not threatening to me. That is all good. I want to develop the leadership capabilities in my teammates um, so that we we can accomplish the mission and so that we can perform at our highest level. So. Again, that simplicity, it's a shared set of responsibilities based on a servant's perspective. You're bringing everything to the table that you can. You're mission aligned and you're serving your teammate in in your best and, and highest way. And it could be a whole range of things. So as you're sort of designing your approach to leadership, it becomes something quite different. It, it becomes a very human, you know, one of the things I uh, kind of adopted uh, is a, a phrase of uh, you, you can't lead without love. And that may seem, especially for a Marine, gosh, Sean, that's real fuzzy kind of thinking. Uh, it's very human thinking. Yeah. What I observed, even in, in the Marines, was some really tough human beings that that came across in very, you know, maybe tough ways, hard ways. I knew this. I knew that behind that and influencing all of that was someone who cared about me, who wanted me to be better, wanted me to be more effective, and they were bringing what they had to the table. There was love behind that. And and I think when we get away from love and, and we start getting into some manipulative sort of things, well, incentive, how do I incentivize behavior? You know, as an HR professional, I, I really don't like those conversations. Yeah. I think incentive plans, bonus plans can get you so far. But you know what? How about keeping people aligned with mission? How about saying thank you? How about saying good job in a meaningful way? What about looking at promotions, training opportunities, development? We kind of we get into this manipulative mm-hmm. business, and uh, I think we can get get off track there. Well, it's going back to simplicity. And I was I was yeah. trying to work with someone because you brought up we. And I was yes. trying to work with someone that kept saying I right. and me, and it was like, okay, look, just do this exercise for me. Start saying we and stop saying me and stop say, saying we will do this. We will. So I don't care if it's just you and the client in the room. Say it. Right. And nice. your mind will shift. Nice. And, yes. You know, and whether it's conscious or unconscious, you're not putting that person down or putting them in a corner that helped you get all this work done, right? Yeah. You're making them part of the process. I think that is just – it's – the days of leading from a position of power are over. It's influence. Yeah. It's it's how you are influencing those around you and empowering them to, to give their best and do their best, whether you're in front or back. This, as you said, the top-down approach model, right. uh, the position of I have this title, do what it is. Right. It served its, its time that yeah. we are to a, a – 
a day and age where influence is so important with those around you, whether it be at home, uh, you can undermine your influence at home as you continue to promise to be at a ball game and, you know, work yep. becomes more important or whatever that is. You're, all of it comes down to influence. And are you are you putting in the time that your team's putting in and, you know, the same amount of putting in to, to bring yourself up and your skill set up as that support challenge back and forth goes. And the more you lead by that influence. Right. The, the better that experience is going to be on the other side of you. Exactly. And, and that's why I like this concept of thinking about leadership in terms of design and experience. You know, one of the fundamental questions you ask when you come onto a new team, when you join a new team, or maybe it's on a project or maybe it's or you're entering a new chapter is, is what is this experience going to be like? Mm-hmm. How will I be treated? What can I expect of you and of my teammates? Uh, what What is this environment we're going to be operating in? Am I going to be properly equipped and supported? Uh, what does success look like? How do we know when we get there? Just all it. It's really very much about this experience. Am I going to be uh, able to bring my best uh, work to this thing we're trying to accomplish? And, and related to that, I think one of a leader's most important responsibilities is to create that environment. It's a creation of, you know, kind of you've got – love your, your offices and your space here. And they, they really communicate, you know, it kind of gets your juices flowing and, and makes you feel creative. And, you know, one of the things leaders have to think about is what kind of environment am I creating uh, from a relationship perspective? You know, it – are my ideas welcome? Are we going to be doing some cool things? Will I be uh, appreciated right. for the special things? Or is this just, hey, let's do what the boss says to do and that kind of a team? Uh, so this this design and creation of an environment is such an interesting idea and a, and a central responsibility, I think, of, of leaders. In the advertising and marketing it, it, it was it was so easy to be into tactics every day. It was, you know, what is you know what is the best CRM tool, and what is are we going to build this on WordPress, and is it going to have a WooCommerce, you know, e-commerce perform, you know, is that going to be on there? Are we going to build a mobile app? And and what I found that we talked about so much was tactics, tactics, tactics. Right. Without what really needs to be at the top, it needs to be a core mission and vision. Uh, it absolutely needs to be backed by core values that has a well-equipped leadership team that has an aligned strategy to implement those tactics. And you know whether you have the capacity individually to do it yourself or you have the capacity financially to deliver to the team and supply the amount of training and all those things but it all feeds up to back to what is our mission what is our vision how is that supported by our core values and then do we have leadership that's aligned is it simple does everybody align with it and do we have the capacity to implement the strategy that goes to the tactics? And, yes. and I think even point. for today, um, you're rolling out with your partner um, an organization that um, I have come to learn a little bit about this morning. Tell us a little bit about On Mission. Sure. Happy to. Thank you. Uh, On Mission Leadership uh, named 
Again, this is myself and John Buford, lifelong friend, former uh, Marine officer as well. Uh, we feel that this is our life's mission. We are aligned with our mission, so that, hence the name. Uh, our mission's simple. Uh, we, we aspire to equip and support leaders who are committed to their own intentional leadership journey. Again, the experience of learning how to lead. Few of us get the opportunity to go to a structured program or, you know, to go to the Naval Academy or whatever, Marine Corps boot camp, officer training, whatever it is. Uh, we have to learn in the course of our life. So what we are, uh, our mission is related to giving them the tools and uh, the perspectives, simple, key, actionable, practical perspectives so that they can engage in their life. Uh, that's going to be their school. Uh, in an experiential education process um, so that they can develop and learn how to lead effectively uh, in the course of their life through following, through uh, uh, obtaining and, and engaging others as mentors and mm -hmm. colleagues and, and through finding leadership opportunities. So we're really kicking this off. We've got a book that's in its uh, final draft this summer. We'll be shipping it off to some publishers, see if, uh, if they will be uh, interested. But it's really about developing a, a community of authentic leaders who are prepared to take on the responsibility to lead in their lives. And uh, it's not just a workplace thing. It's not a business thing. It's a community thing. And it is, we are so excited about bringing just some real clear fundamentals to the table. When you talk about simple visuals to communicate what on mission looks like, you have a, I see the logo on the printout, but you also have an example here of, yeah. of where that comes from. And it's, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Will do. Uh, as we were talking about uh, both the book and and the the business and kind of thinking about a logo, think about the name. Uh, my friend John Buford, who is uh, really a high level, uh, he's got a very high level of competence when it comes to uh, everything from mountain climbing to I mean, this guy is just remarkable in the outdoors. And he, he came to me with this knot. He put this knot together that was made of two ropes, one which is red, one is blue. And I said, well, what's that? He said, he said, it's called a Flemish bend. And I said, that's interesting. And he, he said, let me tell you about it. He said, uh, you know, it's, its purpose is to join two ropes of similar size. It's used in nautical applications, mountain climbing where strength and reliability are paramount. Uh, he said each rope, the way this knot is created is that each rope is, it leads and follows in the path of the other rope. Uh, when it's dressed properly, the, the strands do not cross each other. It takes time and effort, but if you properly dress this knot, it doesn't need a backup and it doesn't need a safety knot. It will hold securely even if one rope becomes partially undone. And then he said this, and it just struck me. He said the Flemish Bend serves a powerful metaphor for healthy teams, healthy teams built on strong leader-follower relationships where there is purpose interdependence, mutual support, 
equality and strength. It's a beautiful knot and it's a powerful metaphor. And I said, John, that's it. That's our logo right there. And yeah. it's a it's an interesting story. And you know, what we're trying to get to is to an authentic the authenticity of leadership and the simplicity of leadership. I, I think we've made it so complex and we've just lost it in the whole course of our, our you know, learning how to, to deal with one another and really a get back to basics applicable. You can apply this anywhere where if everyone had a, a basic concept of what it really means to lead and follow and be a good teammate and accomplish the mission, We'd be so much, you know, start from yeah. that place. Just think if you could bring somebody on board that already had that basic understanding, man, we can, let's run. Yeah, let's yeah. start running. Yeah. What do you need from me? And there's not a, there's not an end point. There's not a destination, yeah. right? And I think so many people, it's like, well, we're going to go through this training and it's going to be done two months and, 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 then, and then, and then we leave and then. There is, no there is no finish no. line, <laughs> as the Nike That's right. had uh, said. So, so we're real excited, and we think there's there's something really important uh, in this, and uh, hopefully some value, another opportunity to serve, I guess, in the last chapter of my life. <laughs> so, uh, what was the timeline again for the book? Yes, uh, we are now working on the final review uh, this summer. Hopefully, end of July, we're going to ship it off to a couple of publishers that we've lined up that are interested in looking at it. Uh, title is, at least right now, called Your Leadership Journey, a guide for those committed to becoming authentic servant leaders. So we're excited about it. Mike, All right, well, I know you have some, some good questions on, on – yeah, we'll, we'll kind of bring it back because I heard there was a couple of things I heard when you talked about, but I'll ask the one question I always ask it, you know, now that you're putting together a book, but what's the one product that you or something you use every day that you're like, this is really done well, can be simple, complex, but I think it's difficult to kind of outdo <laughs> the iPhone. Uh, I've got one right here beside me. Um you know, it's, it's become such a part of our life. Uh, it's amazing that human beings are willing to carry around an electronic device in their hand or in a – I mean, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the, forward to the next iterations yeah. of this thing. But it, it's just remarkable. And I am uh, not a technically, technologically uh, advanced human being, but uh, it, our lives have been so, both for well and for ill, mm. I think, have been so shaped and transformed by having this thing that uh, it's difficult to think of an example that's even more, you know. Yeah. I always, I always think of the movie war games oh yeah the WAP or whatever it was called and it was like now it's in our pocket right right i mean it's amazing to think about and it wasn't that long ago you don't feel like it was that long ago but yeah we as humans don't typically like a friction device around us but that has become one that we have adopted very very well and and they've done a good job of developing an experience around it of what's inside of it and and how we connect um now, having said that, both good and bad, and and I I think that when our experience of the world 
kind of veers too far in this direction and is so dependent, uh, we lose something. You know, the, the best leaders I've ever encountered were, they were present. When you were with them and around them, uh, they weren't sort of looking down or looking at or they were in the moment they were available to you they were accessible they were they were in the moment they were in the experience that yes. you were were in and my fear is that we are losing that we're going to lose that capability mm-hmm. or that that emphasis uh, i think leadership requires that we be present, fully present with our teammates, experiencing what they're experiencing so that we can help to, to navigate, find our best and highest role. So uh, that's a little bit concerning. I also think from the learning perspective, I think that in, in my life, and maybe this just says something about how poorly my mind works, but when it, I've always taken the approach of a deep dive into uh, from an experiential education, uh, not that that it's the best way or or not, but you know, in law school, I wanted to read every single case, outline every single case over the course of three years, because I wanted the law to just seep out of my pores. I didn't want to short circuit and just say, "Well, what's the test going to be on?" Right. Um, so it's those kinds of you know, four years at Annapolis. It was just a deep dive into into not just military leadership but what it means to be a part of a team and and to to bring something of value and and to follow and and lead and and I just wanted that deep immersion experience and I hope we don't get too uh, focused on or too far away from having the immersion education yeah. I worry about that a lot um, as people know that know me know that technology has been a big part and I can remember when I had my first trio and I was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, like now I'm free. I can work from anywhere. I can check my email here and I'm going to be able to be here, here, and here. And I, I, I didn't really, I was young and really just innovation was, was, it was there. And I thought this meant I could be here and now my office mm-hmm. was now mobile and, you know, um, I looked forward to when, you know, as laptops progressed and, and hopefully knowing that tablets would be there. But I, I, I have a 14-year-old and a, a 10-year-old, and I do worry that they – and I don't know if I worry because I am now older and, and care about that mm-hmm. human interaction mm-hmm. – that I once did not. I mean, I, 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 I tried to build more, 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 and more. I have, I mean, I'm from, you know, I grew up in digital, you know, I'm a digital native. I, it was one of the first to say, you know, web was important and mobile is important and was able to see when the, you know, first dot com mm-hmm. crash happened and I've been able to see the second one and, and lived. And we continue to create more and more experiences. But when I, to get to the point, the when I'm in my vehicle driving home with my son and his teammates from a baseball practice or a tournament game, there is no interaction there. And and I turn around and say, "Don't you guys talk? Like, do you listen? To, like, this is music. What do you think about these? Li- like, what's going on?" And they're like, 
we're communicating right well, now. What are you talking about? Isn't it about? amazing? Yeah. How about that? And how right? I, I that gap yeah. that is developed so quickly. I think right. you and I talked a little bit about it earlier. Is when it comes to leadership and the, the leadership experience. It is a balance, I think. But how do how do we form the knowledge there? Because right. I mean, we need it in business today. Yes. Here's a here's a quick story. This just happened. Zoom meeting. One, one of my uh, one of my directors was having a Zoom meeting with her team, and so as you know, you can either turn on the camera or not, see people's faces or not. Virtual uh, backgrounds. Yeah. What? Who knows what, <laughs> what, where they're really at? Yeah. Well, one of and I'm not sure how many of her her teammates had their their uh, camera on, but one in particular did not have the camera on. So couldn't see her face but this uh, director uh, was observing just something is a mess either the her energy level from what she was saying was or she just wasn't quite being herself and this director said to her her teammate she said hey would you please turn on your camera yeah. I want to see you I want to make virtual eye contact with you because she had an intuition that something might be off. Yeah. They did that and and through that and after the meeting was a follow-up conversation between the director and, and her teammate and it surfaced some issues that were going on. But I, I like the phrase high-tech but high-touch. We can't lose. It can't just be about, hey, let's just call it in, do Zoom meetings all day long. And you've got to have that human element at some level, even if it's remote. But her intuition led her to believe that, you know what, there's, there's something going on. But, and she followed through on it. And I think that's what good yeah. leaders do. And it's interesting that you say that because Mike and I were talking yesterday about this podcast and this time of COVID-19 and, you know, Indiana being back on track and, and being out and being able to be in the workplace and doing things like we're doing in our studio today. We had this initially scheduled to be Zoom. And you called me yesterday and said, you know what? I think the experience would be much better served if we have that energy in the room. And it, had, it was amazing that I listened to that voicemail literally two minutes after Mike had left from our giant discussion. And we were – it was – I'm getting the feedback from individuals that they don't want to be on a Zoom podcast. Mm -hmm. They want to feel the energy in the room. Right. They want to be in the studio. And 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 today we're in here as of it was supposed to be 24 hours ago. It was going to be on a Zoom call from everybody's office or home right. or wherever they were working. But we came together here because it does bring that that high touch and you can read the room and you can feel the room and 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 know that um we've done one over web or over the the zoom yeah. platform and and it wasn't as interactive sure. it, it, it you the individual is looking at a camera looking at themselves then when you talk about looking at you on the other side and and what you're saying and how you're being perceived you start to read into all that stuff <laughs> Well, and a lot of it too. You're talking in, you're talking into computers. What you feel like? I mean, honestly, when you do these meetings, 
you don't really feel like you're talking to someone and you don't have that moment where you forget like where you are and you're just (laughs) talking right you're always like i'm on a computer like what else can i get done what else is popping up you know in the background uh, it's interesting and and in these these times in which we live and you know, I think there have always been challenging times, but um, uh, leadership is is necessary now. And when you think about what people are going through, and especially your teams and your teammates, and if they are operating remotely, even more, it's even of greater necessity mm-hmm. that you communicate, that you share information, that you ask how, make sure it's a two-way street and you're drawing them in. How are you doing? What's your life like right now? What's what's in the way? What's going well? What's going poorly? Um, you know, and even some of the, the tough conversations that are happening now mm-hmm. around uh, issues of, of, of race and, and who we are as a society and, and who we want to be and what we need to be, those are ones that are, I think, really important that we have that kind of one-on-one, really intimate, authentic kind of communication mm-hmm. with, with our teammates. Again, leaders have to take all that on. And I think some people say, well, leadership is a lonely place. Then they're doing it wrong yeah. because you're not engaged. Leadership is about with others. It's, it's about supporting your teammates. It's uh, uh, about engaging. It's about all of the involvement So, in any event. So I would like to know as an yeah. architect, you know, spatial is my world. Awesome. Living this 3D. 3D. So I'm, I'm curious. Because you brought up the hard Marines, that, but they're still people, right? right. They get emotional, and I saw my dad do that. Uh, uh, what's a space or a place you've been to that makes you emotional? Absolutely. No question. It's uh, the yard, the grounds of the Naval Academy yeah. in Annapolis. Uh, you know, I spent four years there, and, and again, that immersion experience was a different you know, going in at the age of 18 and leaving four years later, a transformation had happened mm-hmm. uh, because I gave everything I had during those four years. It, it is – and the interesting thing, when you think about design, and I actually brought a little mm-hmm. map of the – of course, every sidewalk, every building, every monument, every almost brick in that – on that entire <laughs> – uh, on that entire campus has a story and a name attached and sort of lessons to be learned from it. And, of course, you had to learn all of that stuff. But there, it is emotional to me. Uh, it's not just what it stands for, but my experience there. Uh, I, I love going back, but I also remember the, the difficult times and the and the challenges and the trials but ultimately the the success of having graduated I'll, I'll never forget this really strange moment I had um, I was it was my senior year I was it was winter and I remember looking out the window up on the fourth floor of the of what they call Bancroft Hall and I'm looking out the window and I looking out into the courtyard and and onto the campus and I thought this is almost over and then I had that realization that you know I guess it's just common sense that 
you know what, I didn't change a single thing of, like I could have, but mm-hmm. not a single brick has been changed or transformed by me being there. And not a single, I haven't changed anything, but it has changed me dramatically. And so, yeah, there's a fair amount of emotion involved in, in that. Place. Yeah, and I always, it, it's funny you bring up the history of the, the buildings and all the pieces. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's when, when you start talking about going to college or not going to college. And I learned this later in life after college, actually, that what well, you said, you go to college to become who you're going to be. That shapes you being there, shapes you as much as what you learn there, right? It's not just about going and getting this degree and getting out and making money. It's about the experience you're having because that's at a time in your life where you're, a lot of people are changing from being children to their adult lives. Hopefully. And it's that transition. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully not everyone. It doesn't always work. But yeah. I think a lot of people, they take it for granted, you know, and so, yeah. Become just kind of the next next thing yeah. before you have to go out into and the And it doesn't bother the them world. if they're the next person or they're just a person on this campus. Yeah, and, you know, even for whether you go to college or not, or uh, it, I think making – Making experiences, approaching experiences in an intentional way and and with a high level of awareness can transform those experiences, yeah. even if it's something that is going to be hard. But to know that, you know what, I'm going to go through this. This is going to be hard and it's going to hurt, but I am going to learn from this experience and I'm I'm going to be aware my head's going to be up and we're going to walk down this road and I'm going to come out of it somehow uh, transformed, hopefully in a positive way. Uh, I think, again, experiential education and and when we as human beings can uh, can really take responsibility for designing that experience – Picking the ones we want to, you know, again, you don't get to pick everything that happens to you in life, but you can't. Just the other day, I got a phone call from someone who said, Sean, I would like for you for you to be a mentor to me. And I said, wow, honored and humbled. What do you see that looking like? What do you mean when you say mentor? How would we design it? How would? But I, then I said when we were done, by the way, I agreed. I said to him, I said, listen, what you've done, you're merely reaching out uh, and, and engaging me as a mentor is, is that, that is the kind of design of our experience and of our education and our development that people can do. We can lean on one another for how we grow and develop, or we can just stay in our lane and maybe hope somebody comes along or just stumble through the darkness. You know, our idea is to turn a fractured set of accidental experiences when it comes to leading and following into, and we all had those, into an intentional, uh, an intentional path that we can help develop of experiences and relationships mm-hmm. to make us better leaders. So as you lean into, you know, the next half of 2020 what's one thing that you hope to experience uh as we get to the middle uh of the year here to the end what are you looking forward to i think on on a you know on a broader scale on the big big scale i i 
I hope that relationships are built, conversations occur, understandings grow uh, among uh, among people in the citizens in this in this country all the way along. I hope we come to know and respect each other at at a higher level. I hope we keep moving towards the realization of what this country could be. That we've fallen short, uh, I think, in in some ways along the way. I think we've done done many things very well, but we've got room to to develop and grow. I I look forward to seeing the the level of relationships and and uh, uh, the depth of discussion along along the way happening. Uh, honestly, in the next six months, I I also hope that our book is published. I hope that we're able to start a conversation through uh, online and and otherwise and through programs in which people realize that they can lead, that they need to lead, that when they aren't stepping into their leadership uh, responsibility, they're leaving a void. And it's every family, it's every workplace, it's every community, it's every uh, interaction where we've, we're trying to accomplish something with another person. So trying to shape the discussion and the understanding of what it means to lead, I guess that may be a, a lofty goal. But, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a, hopefully a realistic optimist. Uh, I know that there are a lot of things that, that uh, there's a lot of progress that needs to be made. But I also think that ultimately we get there. I'm and the discussion, you know, if it can be described, it can be done. It's just how we facilitate that conversation as a whole community, have every voice at the table, absolutely achievable. Yeah. Um, we are right now at nearly an hour into our conversation. We usually uh, ask one more uh, question so the listeners can get to, to know our guest a little more. If there was, uh, Sean, if there was one brand, product, or person that you think has the most holistic uh, consumer experience today, is there, is there one thing, person, or brand that comes to mind? Well, of course, I'm a Marine, so I'd say the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. No, that's probably not what you're looking for. I mean, you know, know the, the practical, yeah. <laughs> the practical examples uh, around us are the ones that have so impacted our lives. You know, Amazon and 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 Apple. But um, I want sort of the promise that is, you know, the United States of America to become that. Thing. I, I want that to that what it means, what it can mean, and and what it does mean, and both the obligations and responsibilities b to be balanced with the rights and the the you know all of the good things that we get out of uh, being citizens in this country. And and uh, I'm looking forward to you know I'm not really. I'm more focused on that than commercial, uh, commercially yeah. related things. But yeah, I don't want to call it a brand, but the experience and the promise to keep moving in the direction of its realization. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, Mike, any closing questions before we uh, wrap up this no, at very, 530 on Very main? exciting. That yeah. Really like this on mission leadership. That you guys come up with them. I can't wait to read it. I think it'll be cool. Read a lot of different leadership books and 
you know, I, I always find the military leaders, because you brought up the military, Marines doing it right, but any military leader, you know, that, that brings, talks about leadership, I always find it very impactful, because you're talking centuries of trying to get it right. And, it's a lot of tradition yeah. there, and I think that's where people are going to be surprised, or if they don't know, it's it's not about ordering people right. around. That's, uh, uh, you know, the stuff you see in the movies. Yeah. It is literally about serving your your teammate taking care of your Marines, uh, leaders eat last is one of those phrases that uh, the Marine Corps has had as a part of its lexicon for uh, for probably a couple of couple of centuries, and uh, it means a lot. That was really the big discovery for me. Does it translate into the civilian world? And after twenty years, I can tell you that it does. So absolutely. How do uh, how do the App Five Thirty on Main listeners connect with you, Sean? Oh, great question. Uh, website is still coming up, so we're still working on that. But uh, certainly uh, an email. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that would be SM, as in Mike, Sierra Mike, Georges, G-E-O-R-G-E-S. And that's at gmail.com. What about, uh, are you on LinkedIn? Or are yes. you on social LinkedIn. media platforms? That, that is the extent of my social LinkedIn. media presence. All right. LinkedIn, you can find me there. Uh, uh, happy to engage. Look forward to serving. If there's anything I can do for uh, for anyone, any conversations you want to have, discussions, follow up. I'm, I have never declined uh, a single invitation to either speak or <laughs> listen uh, about leadership. So it's a real passion. Thank well, you. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's thank been a you. great conversation. At 530 on main listeners, please. I mean, if you agree, please tell us. Like, share, uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, go to the website and share it out there. You know, we are definitely on iTunes and Google Play and and Stitcher and I don't even know all the platforms that the team has it out there today. They're doing an awesome job. I, I thank them. Without them, none of it is possible. But at 530 on Main podcast here in the Extension Studio, we have Mike Davis, uh, Sean Georges, Sean Collins. We thank you for listening. As I said, like, comment, share. Tell us what we're doing great. Tell us what we're doing not so great. Or tell us what we're doing really, really bad. And we'll, uh, we'll make it a point to either fix that or try to extend that experience. We thank you for listening. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.